Welcome, everybody, to an off-season edition of the Powder Blue Podcast. Frank Close, Jeff Mosher here, and Jeff, I think the Phillies literally made me sick because <laughs> I know that the night of the night of Game Seven, I, I was just so so run down and exhausted. I thought it was just because I was spending too much time on the Phillies, and then man, I was sick with something fierce for a couple weeks. So uh, <laughs> it's it, it's uh, I, I couldn't talk, let alone uh, let alone record a podcast, Jeff. Yeah, tough business to be in if uh, if you're if you can't talk, Frank. Yeah, look at the thing with these. So the Phillies, the Phillies left you speechless. They made you sick, and then you were literally sick. So <laughs> that's a, a perfect storm right there. Yeah, thank thank goodness for these this uh, this mute button thing because like I, I swear I swear I the the, the uh, times I did the uh, radio uh, bits I only did one one or two. <clears throat> See, you still hear it in me. Yeah. But luckily yeah. I could uh, luckily yeah. I could hit mute like I just did there <laughs> so that I could. Uh, <laughs> So I could get through it, but uh, hopefully, hopefully I can. Hopefully, I'll be fine. Get through a uh, through a podcast because we have we have a lot to talk about, Jeff. Yeah, we do. And I know that a lot of it's old news already, but uh, you know, I think we're probably more in in postseason mode now. But uh, but we have to acknowledge since we haven't had the opportunity to do so. Uh, the you call it a collapse? Yeah, I think so, Frank. Um. I, I think the Phillies, you know, got themselves out more than the Diamondbacks got them out. You know, credit to the Diamondbacks. Um, they definitely had the best relief arm out of everybody in the NLCS in Ginkle. I thought he did a really good job. He's probably the one I would say got the Phillies out. Um, the the sidearm guy whose name is escaping me all of a sudden, you know, he he was all right, too. What are the but, you know, Can't for remember. the life of me, yeah, yeah, the life of me, I'm going to go into this offseason trying to figure out why the Phillies, particularly in games six and seven, could not hit 92 to 93 miles per hour from Paul Sewell down the middle. Paul Sewell did not throw great pitches. He threw down the middle, and he only threw about 92, 93, maybe 94, and he blew guys like Turner and Castellanos away. And when you juxtapose that with those same hitters' abilities to take the ball out of the yard against Spencer Strider's 100 miles per hour, it doesn't make sense to me. I know that Ron Darling made some kind of deal out of Seawald's got like deceptive release, so it makes his fastball look a little bit faster than 92 to 93. But come on. I mean, come on. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was right down the middle. There was no movement on that. So that I'm going to carry that into the offseason and – always be sort of bewildered by it. That's not, ex- that's not a hundred percent where the Phillies lost the game, but I would have thought, you know, if you had Paul Seawald on the mound against the Phillies, two, three, four, five, even if the Phillies were down a run, that that's pretty good for the Phillies. And um, I was wrong on that. So um, you can look at a couple of areas where the, where it really turned, you know, especially in those games in Arizona, but that, that to me just sticks out like a sore thumb. Yeah, it's. I feel like they they figured out so they're just not going to pitch to to Schwarber and Harper, and then other bats got cold at the same time. To me, that it all it was like the perfect storm. That they're worried about yeah. those lefties to the point they wouldn't throw them a strike, uh, and yeah. as you said, they they tended to get themselves out. Uh, so I, I I just I just thought that that the combination of that and then also the Diamondbacks they were pretty good at picking up 
which reliever was a little bit off and just kept the bats on their shoulders uh, and, and mm-hmm. really waited for a pitch to hit. I mean, the, the Marte hit, I think, was the big hit of the series, right? Uh, Certainly. But before Marte came up, it was just like, oh, he's got nothing today. We're just gonna, we're just gonna keep the, the bats on our shoulders. Yeah, yeah, you know, um, it's true. And and I, so let so we can talk about something that Rob Thompson said this week that I think applies to the postseason, right? As we kind of fold the postseason and and the the off season here together, Rob was asked if he regretted any of his decisions in the NLCS. And I think last year when they lost to Houston, he said he didn't. He just, you know, he, you know, I don't regret bringing Alvarado in and taking Wheeler out. I was managing the way I managed all year long. It's just we lost, right? But he definitely this time said, I questioned some of my pitching decisions, which I'm glad he said because I think we all did. Uh, sticking with Kimbrell as long as he did when Kimbrell was not throwing well. And then he also questioned maybe should he have changed some things with the lineup. Now, going into the NLCS, Frank, we both thought that Alec Bohm probably shouldn't be the cleanup hitter, probably should have been Castellanos the way he swung swung the bat. Now, Castellanos did not swing the bat well in the NLCS, so that, that may not have worked much better either. Um, we did mention Real Muto, but the bottom line to me was I feel like once you saw that the Diamondbacks were not going to pitch to Schwarber and Harper, you needed somebody in that four hole that you could rely on more so than... Alec Bohm. Uh, no, no offense to Alec Bohm. It's not that he's bad. You just needed somebody who struck fear in right-handed pitchers, especially or, or any pitcher, a good right-hander, uh, batter, and that guy was not Alec Bohm. Yeah, I agree with you there. I, I and really, that will, I think, affect how they approach the, this offseason. Now we we do know that that right-handed bat is not going to come in the form of Reese Hoskins. And by the way, I, I didn't like that the Phillies kind of originally, well, it was really Rob Thompson said, oh, we'll have a heart-to-heart with, with Bryce and figure out where he wants to play. I didn't like that they were throwing it on Bryce. but Yeah, that you, was that was a little strange. <laughs> you knew that you knew that Bryce was going to say, oh, I'll do whatever's best for the team. And so ultimately right. they came out and said, well, yeah, Bryce said he'll do whatever's best for the team, and then we think that we're going to keep him at first base. So. Reese Hoskins era is over. I, I kind of expected that. You know, I thought even going into the season, they were going to try to enjoy the ride for one more and then that would be it. But, uh, you know, maybe they can, uh, maybe they can get that right handed back though, in terms of an outfielder. Uh, I know the Mike Trout is the hot name, <laughs> right? We'll see. I mean, I, I, I guess I, we, I guess we got to talk about Mike Trout just because everybody's going on now. The, the, I know the Angels kind of put cold water on the idea that they would trade Trout, but. I mean, I think the responsible thing for the Angels to do is trade Trout, considering they're losing Otani, and yep. you know they really need to get a reset. They kind of went for broke last year, trading off their prospects. Like it's going to be, it's going to be a lean few years out in Anaheim. So, uh, I think yeah. that they should trade Mike Trout. That's the smart thing to do. At least, at least help, even if it's symbolically turning the page some. But mm-hmm. the question with that though is what's a trade going to look like? And I think it's right. going to be really hard to to put together a trade. Like, I, you know, I, I went through this on 97.3 because of course it's South Jersey and he's from South Jersey and they all want to know, but okay. like a trade for trout had to be, has to be like, well, they take Castellanos back because that take that, def, that deflects some of the money. And then they also, the, the uh, angels ship in some more money down the line. Cause he's got, he's got seven years left on that deal. And, you know, 
my worry is it's going to turn into a Giancarlo uh, Stanton deal. Like, you know, when the Yankees sure. took Stanton with, with all those years left and, and he had an absolutely terrible year this year and uh, they're stuck with him for, for many, many more years. So, you know, I worry about the Phillies being, being stuck with too many, uh, too many guys that are all aging at once, you know, with Turner's yes. and the Harper's, but uh, I mean, might he be helpful for a season or two? I, I know sometimes you go for broken, um, but I, I don't know. It, it just seems like such a complicated trade to make. And, and I, I don't know what value the angels would need back. Right. Uh, in addition to unloading some salary. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you have to think that any conversation for the angels that starts with trading Mike Trout to the Phillies starts with, I mean, even though he's coming off an injury, I would still think Andrew Painter is, is probably somebody that other teams would want. Right. And I, I don't so. know if I'm the Phillies that I want to trade Andrew Painter for a hitter at the moment when I've got a lineup full of hitters. And as you mentioned, a lot of full of hitters who are on a long, long-term deals and who are over the age of 30, when realistically you can address your left field void with a pretty good player that doesn't have to be Mike Trout and won't cost you Mike Trout. And you can probably pick up in free agency. Um, so it's, I mean, I think the concept of it is way better than the reality of it. Um, and I, and I really would not want to touch, I, we, you know, we've talked about this. Phillies, not like their farm system is that deep. I mean, the one guy that maybe you it, listen, I don't know what other teams would offer for Trout, right? Cause maybe other teams have the same fears that you just echoed, Frank. Um, you like what we saw with Johan Rojas. You like what you see with Brandon Marsh. If you want to maybe trade Crawford kid, uh, what's his name again? Um, Justin, Crawford. Justin, Justin, yeah, Justin Crawford. If you can get Mike Trout by trading Justin Crawford, Castellanos and like, um, I don't know, a, a Griff McGarry or McAble, maybe, maybe, maybe that's the conversation that's worth having. Right. Um, but I think but then too, if you're the Phillies, you need to tell the angels to give us back a picture we can use right now. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> that, yeah. I, I would say this trade just keep, we'll just, if you're actually having those discussions, it's going to get harder and harder as you go along to, to actually get to the finish line. Yeah, I agree with you. So we'll see. I mean, I wouldn't put it past anything because I do feel like, I can see the owner. I can see John Middleton sort of issuing a, a decree to to um to fold into Dombrowski saying, Hey, if this can be done, do it. Right. Like I can see him saying, be smart about it. We're not we don't have to give up our, our best number one guy, but if there's a possibility that we can make this work, then make it work. I can see that happening, you know. And and like we're seeing with some of the other decisions, uh certainly the Phillies are not operating from an emotional attachment uh standpoint like i know like wow. philly our area in south jersey they love they love mike trout you mean every time he every time he appears on the screen at an eagles game like what do the fans do <laughs> you know like yeah. they yeah they, 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 they merchandise sales if they if he's here <laughs> <laughs> well this, this is a good segue then because uh mike trout's jersey number number 27 might just be available uh <laughs> uh I, I Wait, real of, quick, real quick. I have yeah. to ask you this before we move on um, with the Reese Hoskins thing, because they've already made it clear they're going to move on. But do they give him the qualifying offer? They did anyway? not. They did not. That is that's pretty interesting because he's going to get more than the qualifying offer. And you have a chance to get a first round pick, right? If somebody no, they don't, the, the picks are way less now. So, oh, is it? Did it yeah. change? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Plus the yeah. So yeah, there there have been enough changes where it's it's it became because it became such an encumbrance upon the the teams trying to sign players that it would hurt the players' ability right. to get signed. So 
Yeah, it's not it's not it's not like that anymore. They would there there's there's a whole lot of scenarios that I would need the whole list to to go down the list, but as to what you're going to give up, but yeah, it's not it's not um that not changed that, in last year's uh, CBA negotiation. Uh, uh, one, last few yeah, the last one. I'm trying to think now. I think like because the Phillies signed a couple qualifying offer guys last year's, it would cost them a two and a five. Right. I, I think to sign to sign somebody now with one. So uh which is you know something you'd want to avoid because you know but the, wouldn't, the, wouldn't you still just give it to Reese anyway to, to get a two and a five knowing he's gonna get more than the qualifying offer, wouldn't you just I don't think he will. Qualifying offer is about twenty million dollars this year, so so um, do do I think he could get a, a one year uh twenty million dollar deal? Sure, but if he had a qualifying offer attached, he might struggle. <laughs> so because teams huh, teams don't want to pay uh they don't want to pay the terms of prospects. So you know, money's fine. I like I <clears throat> excuse right. me. I think I think Reese will do just fine. He'll get he'll get he'll get a shorter term deal, maybe to to start at some place like San Francisco where mm-hmm. Where he grew up, and uh, they could really use somebody well like there. him. And I think he, I think he's a, a fit for the Farhan Zaidi uh, philosophy too. So, yeah. So I, I think I can see him fit in San Francisco really nice. Yeah, yeah. Good. Hey, it was a good era for him, man. He he was a you know as much as we complained about the first base defense. And by the way, Bryce Harper played some pretty good first base defense for a guy who's never played there before. I, I think you can actually say it's an upgrade defensively already. But there's no question, as we talked about what they were missing in the NLCS against the Diamondbacks, a right-handed number four guy to, after they walk those lefties or not pitch the lefties to come through with a big hit, even if it's not a home run, even a gapper, that was Reese Hoskins. He would have been perfect in that yeah. spot. Yeah. I, th- I, th- I think, I, I think though that uh, again, as they, as they go on, they will address that, but, but not because they are emotionally attached to, to their guy. So I, I think that uh, I think the reality is Kyle Schwarber and Reese Hoskins cannot be on the same roster. I, I just, I just, you know, whoever is the DH is going to have to play the field some, you know, because guys get banged, get banged up or, you know, need a, need a few days that aren't off days, but, you know, get out, get off their feet. So, yeah, you know, I think we're going to end up seeing Schwarber play some left field still. I mean, it, you know, even though he's going to be the primary DH and then you get to the playoffs, and he doesn't sniff the field, you know, so, um, I, I think so. I, I you can't have both of them. It makes it really too hard to navigate, in my opinion. I agree with you. I agree. And we we'll probably have a discussion maybe next po- you know, as we get more into like free agency. Do, do, should the Phillies be a little bit more, you know, go after a little bit more outfield depth than they've had in the past? So they if there is an injury, they don't have to rely on Kyle Schwarber to play, you know, 30, 40 games in the outfield. We we can talk about that. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And and be nice if Jake Cave is not the uh, last out yes. as he the yes. NLCS. I don't consider names depth. I consider actual yeah. players who can play the position and, and and win games with as depth. Yeah, I agree. So, uh, so yeah, so I was sort of uh, transitioning over to the Aaron Nola talk because that's like the other big big thing people keep asking me when I when I run into to Phillies fans at various places. Uh, yeah. So, you know, this spring I, I I I was thinking that they you know when I was down in Clearwater, both sides were saying they want to they wanted to reunite, and I expected them to to uh, come to some sort of agreement last spring. And then what ended up happening is spring ended and they did not come to an agreement. So I thought, Oh boy, I like, I, I kind of guessed at the time that, you know, the Phillies would be willing to pay dollars, but if there was an issue, it would probably be in the number of years. And mm-hmm. now there are reports that the NOLA wants as many as eight years. Uh, I, I just, he's already over 30. 
I, I just don't know if that's the best idea, Jeff. Yeah, I mean, the one argument you can make in his behalf, well, the two arguments you can make on his behalf is um, one, he'll probably he he might get it somewhere, and he two, probably will. He probably will, right? And two, he's not a guy who's who relies on. 98 to 99 to 100 so you're not worried per se about losing a few ticks on the fastball and then you don't have the same guy that you're signing right i mean you 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 kind of know what you're getting with Aaron Nolan and how he goes about uh pitching and he's not an overpowering guy so you're not you're not worried about like 6 years down the road what if he's not throwing like that um you're just worried about sort of the inconsistencies and the ability to keep the ball in the yard but um i think from a Phillies vantage point eight years would be too much, uh, especially Frank, when you consider Wheeler is going to be, if it's coming up on a contract year, there's going to be a point where you're going to have to pay Ranger Suarez. It's going to be a point where you have some other young guys, Stott, Boom, whatever. I I just, you know, again, money's money and and down the road, down the road. But um, I think you can, you can be in the world series next year without Aaron Nola as long as you get yourself a guy who can be a really good number two, and there's a lot of good number two. There are guys who can be a number two or number three, right, who you don't have to spend eight years and upwards of 25 to $35 million on. Um, you just have to find the right guys. Like the, 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 the Astros won their World Series with Garrett Cole, right? Then he went and signed with the Yankees, and then the Astros developed some pitchers, signed free agents, and won without Garrett Cole. So, yeah, you need – if you have Zach Wheeler, I think you're you're set. You're good. You just need to find um, a, no, a good number two. And there's some pretty good. There's some pretty good alternatives out there, Frank. Yeah, I, I think mean, there's, there's some good number I, twos. I, I'm I'm actually not on the the Blake Snell uh, train like a lot of people are. But uh, you know who I would give eight years to is is uh, make sure I get his name right. Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Uh, oh, I of, love that. You know he's uh, he's young. So yeah, I think 20, at, 24. I think he is right, Frank. Yep, 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 or twenty five, or anyway, I'm like, I, I, I don't like know that, exactly, yeah. but Yamimoto would be, uh, would be a, he very well could get, he could get the biggest pitching contract out there, like I, you know, and I think, uh, I think they're just craving, you know, he's like a, he's somebody who's, albeit in Japan, established as an ace. I just think that that could be a, a real opportunity there. I, I know, I know, a lot of teams are going to want him, but uh, if you know, if I'm the Phillies, I would at least try. Go a hundred percent. I think you have to be. You have to try because he only costs you money, <laughs> right? No, that's that's the type of player that the Phillies would like, right? You know, but uh, he is uh, posted, and um, you know, you know. Let's see here. I'm just looking at at, at uh, New York Post. Uh, you know, a scout says he could be a he could be a number three starter. So I don't know. I, I mean, he's an ace in Japan. Some are calling him a number three. But uh, I mean, Sengai uh, from from the Mets had a he wound up having a really good year last year. Mm-hmm. Not that you know every Japanese pitcher should be compared to every Japanese. Or is Sengai from Japan or Korea? Now that I think, either way, um, n- not every pitcher from the Asian leagues is going to just come in and dominate just because the other one did. But um, he was similar, similar in that he, st- he start off slow and then like by the end of the year he adjusts to major leagues and you have yourself a pretty good pitcher there. Yeah, Senga Senga is is from the Japanese league, but no, I think I yeah. think that's that's a good it's a good marker in that what does a talented player over there translate to 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 the United States? I think that that's that's a fair question, right? So, and yeah. others who have done it have you know demonstrated that 
that it can be done. Uh, so especially more and more lately, if, uh, you know, we're seeing more, more, more success coming from mm-hmm. there, you know? Uh, so, but, uh, but yeah, but besides that, the other name I think that, that Dave Dombrowski would like would be Eduardo Rodriguez, who, who did not uh, opt out of his, I mean, who opted out of his deal, even though he turned down a trade at the trade deadline to the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Eduardo Rodriguez, somebody who, Dave Dombrowski knows from his uh, time in in Boston, and uh, I think he's a nice. I think he's a nice pitcher. I, I uh, you know, I know he, he's not the sexy name, but uh, you know, I think if the Phillies were were able to, ex- I think they should extend Wheeler. If they can get another few years on the Wheeler, I think you feel better about losing Nola because you know mm-hmm. you're worried about the long term rotation and and too many holes to plug is is gonna make you end up doing things you don't want to do. Right. Uh, but but uh, but yeah, if you, if they signed a, if they extend Wheeler, sign a Rodriguez, I don't know if they would go further than that, and also also maybe do a Sonny Gray. That was a name that that's come up. Uh, used to used to uh, work with Caleb Cotham, or were they teammates at the time? I don't know. <laughs> Cotham wasn't in the league that long ago, but uh, you know, with, with the Reds, <laughs> uh, you know, I think when I think their their times matched up with the Reds. So, um, right. and if they like each other, now they always said that that uh, Gray was not the big city type pitcher and he's he's thrived in the smaller market so i, I don't really know what, what that'll mean for him in, in philadelphia but uh i mean there but there are, i think there's some some decent options out there and i and i'm i'm not really a, a uh blake snell um fan i think he's going to get a deal very similar to what nola's going to get and it, it would for the same reasons it, it might not be a good idea but uh mm-hmm but uh, there, there are there are some options. I think, uh, albeit not the sexiest ones. But the, I think you know, I think the Phillies do need to really, really take a look at that this 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 off season because so it's two years in a row of the trade deadline. They 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 get starting pitchers that end up not helping them in the playoffs. So yeah, I mean, it's, you know, be nice if they they had deeper rotations uh, to start a season for once. Because you know, remember last spring, like it was, it, it, we had no idea who was going to be the number five, and it took a while right. for anybody to step up as the number five. Right, right. And by the way, I mean, I think that when you look at their situation, if Nola's your one, and you have Suarez as three, Taiwan Walker four, I assume Chris Sanchez did enough to be the five. I mean, I I know sometimes these guys can be year to year, but. He has to start off next year as the five, does he not? Yeah, I think he'll get a shot, but I, but I, but no, also this... would be okay if they brought in too many arms and they had to like figure yeah, it out. Yeah. Did, now, didn't Lorenzen have one more year? On no, his... Lorenzen's free agent. Oh, he's a free. Okay, yeah, he's a free. I thought for some reason he had one more year. Yeah, no, I think um, I I am a little worried about the Sunny Gray big city thing because we have some evidence of it because I believe it was in New York where he pitched and just didn't yeah the didn't go well right. and. Right. And, but he has pitched well in Cincinnati and Oakland. And where was he? Minnesota this past year. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I'd be a little concerned about that. Uh, I do like him though as a pitcher. I didn't think, I thought I had him sort of on my mind over an Eduardo Rodriguez, but Eduardo's a good pitcher. Um, and I'm pretty sure, do, do we have his innings? I thought he was kind of an innings eater when he's out there that he can give you, you know, so Gray or Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Um, let me look it up. I thought he was pretty good. Um, I mean, he's he pitched on uh, some pretty shaky Detroit Tigers teams, so I'm not sure how that worked out for him with the bullpen and everything. And what is, you know, he had 34 starts in Boston in 2019. Yeah, 19. Yeah, 32 starts with Boston in 2021. So, um, 26 starts last year. I, I, that that's pretty good. 
Yeah, he, he pitched 152 innings last year. Peaky yeah, pitched 203. Bad. I I, th- I think he's someone who still's got some potential there, but uh, but he is uh, he, one advantage to him is there. You know, he he is ineligible for a qualifying offer because he had been extended one from the Red Sox uh, when he right. became a free agent. So you can only have that once in your career now. So um, that's going to give more options where you don't have to give up draft picks. And I think they. I think the Phillies will try to try not to uh, give up some draft picks this time around. Yeah. Is there anybody you think that might be available on the trade market that is, you know, for like a team that's rebuilt, like, like the A's are always trading off players because they're always rebuilding every year. Is, is, are the, are the guardians rebuilding? Is Shane? The Gar- yeah. That's, that's, that's something spe- people speculate about. Um, you know, they, they lost Terry Francona. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, to retirement uh, for his health. Uh, so, he, uh, we could see Cleveland. They might, they might, they might try to retool a little bit. I don't know, right? Um, but uh, you know, they they have a rookie manager and Stephen Vogt now coming in. So I don't, I don't, I'm be be interesting to see what they do. But that's possible. But um, you know, the Tampa Bay Rays, I I would I would bet money they they make one trade uh, because prior to this this past season, they they made a two year thirty million dollar deal with the remaining second year being worth $25 million, mm-hmm. first year $5 million. So in other words, they paid Tyler Glass now $5 million this year. Next year, he's going to be due $25 million. So I think mm-hmm. I think the Rays are going to trade. That would make sense. Didn't they um just pull off a trade with the Phillies? <laughs> oh, you know, there's the minor swaps. <laughs> I, I, I know, I was just messing around. I, those are not, those are the types of players that get shuffled every off season and they're designated for assignment before they even get to spring training, you know, just yes. as your roster builds out. So you're seeing a lot of those little minor moves now, but you know, Michael Mercado in exchange for Adam <laughs> Leverett. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, yeah. I, I have no opinion on those to be honest with you. <laughs> right. What is your feeling though on the timetable for either McGarry or Abel? I think they they both need to go to triple a and, establish themselves i mean they could they could by the end of next year if not sooner um right i mean if if, if it's like if they're pitching well and it's like june or july and you need a starter you know that might be mm-hmm. the opportunity to to pull somebody pull pull one of those guys up if they're pitching yeah. well i mean just uh you know i think abel progressed through the system the way they expected and um he didn't have a big big uh big amount of starts at AAA. Um, mm-hmm. McGarry seemed to fall apart once he got to AAA. So, right, you know, I think he needs. I just needs to hit that little reset button, reset button, and uh, start from scratch. And I think he'll be all right. But, but yeah, he did not respond well to that that final promotion there to AAA. Right. Yeah, which is a shame because you know you thought you'd have, you thought you might have three real options for your rotation by this year coming up, mm-hmm. and uh, with with Painter out all year and. And those two not there yet. There's really nothing in the system that you can really right. um, point to. You know, yeah. Able like, have one start in AAA last year. Um, yeah, before. it was barely there. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think they just wanted to give him one 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 look there before uh, before the year was up. But uh, yeah, in terms of uh, in terms of McGarry, yeah, he was. They put him on the development list for a while. I think just to get him off the roster. <laughs> Right. And uh, kind of get things right. So, I, you know, I, I still have high hopes for him. And um, yeah, who knows? Just, maybe by mid season. I think it would be great if 
it would be great if we could find a younger guy, like just through the trade market, um, someone whose name isn't out there. You know, like again, uh, we'll have to see what the the Indians are or the Guardians, excuse me, are doing. And you know, the Marlins are in sort of now a. I, I guess that they're going back to the Marlins of old, right? I mean, no Jeter, no Kimming, and who knows what they're what they're going to be doing going forward. They might have somewhat of a sale, you know. The, Mar- um, Marlins are a mess. I, the, the ownership basically decided that the Rays were very successful, so they wouldn't. They literally hired their new president of baseball operations away from the Rays, and right. Kimming was like, "You're putting somebody in charge of me after what I did for you," and so she bailed. That's yeah. a. <clears throat> I, I I I don't understand that completely but yeah philosophically you're you're probably going to see a shift in in miami mm-hmm. so I, I don't know what that will mean for i don't know that, that 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 even though the ownership changed it's like still the same right it's always the same so you wonder if alcantara will be on the market you wonder if any well, of he's not he's not going to pitch this year oh that's right 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 so um yeah tommy john they, they tried well, they, go ahead i was gonna say they tried to to uh have him come back without it last year and it just didn't work. So same thing with Painter. Right. Like it was the same kind of situation. Yes. All right. Well, we'll see what they do. I mean, they do have some good young pitchers with Yuri, uh, Yuri Perez, right. And um, Lazardo. So we'll see if maybe they, they're feeling, you know, itching to move those guys. I don't know. Yeah. Credit to Kimming for, for picking up Lazardo from the athletics. Like, that's, yeah. Yeah. It's amazing that they, they, uh, could find such a talent for a trade like that. I mean, yeah, usually yep. everybody's available for the from the athletics, but <laughs> I don't know. I, I there's uh, I, I Philly's making a trade though. I just don't know what they what they would want to trade. Right. So I mean, I I know when I know when they when they embarked under the Dombrowski era, it was like rebuild on the fly, like uh, and it would just be about spending the money. So you have time to develop some players. You know, I'd hate to see them start spending them. You know, I think mm-hmm. I think that they need more to come come through the system and yeah, to contribute just, to the roster. It's just, well, you know, Castellanos. There was the report that he's on. You know, the Phillies would listen to a trade. You know, Castellanos wanted to play for Miami before he came to Philadelphia. You know, there you um, go. Lives down there. So I, mean, I don't know. That's why I was thinking maybe maybe something would work out there. Yeah, that would be if you play a matchmaker. But uh, what what, what you know, I, th- I think one question is, what is what is Castellanos actually uh, going to net you? <laughs> it's funny. What what he could have netted you something after the NLDS, like something fierce. And then after the NLCS, it's like, ah, your value is back to, to, to being what it is, you know? Yeah, I I, 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 I mean, I, I really don't I really don't know. I don't know what type of he's he's certainly not a superstar that would warrant a big, big load of prospects. But right. He's uh I don't know. I mean, I, I I I would say that, yeah, you could probably find somebody to play right field is perhaps a little more consistent and a better defender. Uh, mm-hmm. But I mean, I I don't know if I don't know if uh, you need to upgrade that position you know, so much as you need another outfielder. I agree. I agree. So well, there's there's a lot going to be happening this off season. I I. I I feel like we're in for some surprises. I, I know, uh, I know people have the anxiety over losing Hoskins and Nola, but they got to be replaced by somebody. Who do you think? Who do you think would be the lead candidate to give Nola an eight-year contract or a, even a seven-year contract? Mets. You think so? Yeah. 
like retribution for Zach Wheeler? <laughs> not retro, not so much that other than they, they traded their whole rotation and they don't really have any, have anybody to pitch except for Senga and, and uh, Quintana next year. So <laughs> yeah, well, their new GM though, David Stearns, who's off to a flying start, didn't even get Craig Council. Um, don't they come from the more analytic? See, this is what, what I find fascinating is like guys with big dollars, right? Go and find the guys who did really well in small markets, you know, and then they find out, well, wait a minute, this, this sort of becomes like the Boston Red Sox kind loom situation where you're the Boston Red Sox, you have a billion dollars and you hired a guy who's really known for building a roster, uh, a farm system uh, through analytics and through shrewd trades and not paying a billion dollars for, for everything. So I, I kind of wonder how that's going to work out for the Mets in the same, same vein. Yeah, well, least, you, saw you know, you could say that it. the Phillies had the right marriage finally with Dombrowski, like an aggressive guy who can spend money and lure people with Middleton who wants to do that. Yeah. I mean, Andrew Friedman's done certainly very well for the Dodgers. He was the, you know, the one who went yep. from low budget raise to the, to the big, big spender. And, um, but, uh, but speaking of, I, I we didn't even mention his name. Well, I mentioned his mm-hmm. name actually. But not not in terms of uh, where he might land, but I I think Shohei Otani to the Dodgers is just bound to happen. It feels that way, doesn't it? Yeah, he won't have to. You won't have to move. You know, uh, I know some people said, well, you know, uh, I mean, traditionally, traditionally, you know, this isn't this is not the case every time, obviously, because Sengo went to the Mets. But traditionally, mm-hmm. you know, uh, people from Japan like to play on the West Coast because it's easier to get home. <laughs> you know, right? Yes. I mean, six yes. hours from here to 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 L.A. as it is on on a plane, and then another six to uh, Japan. Mm-hmm. So, I, I think uh, yeah. I think I think that the West the West Coast teams are probably the favorites, and I'm sure the Dodgers can pay him whatever he wants, and he doesn't even have to move his uh, in season home. Uh, so it just <laughs> seems like it just seems like it's, it's it makes too seems much inevitable, sense. doesn't it? Yeah, yeah I think the Mets will way. try. Sure. But. I think the Mariners will try to throw their hat in the ring too. Um, we'll see. I don't know, you know, but you know, I would love the Phillies to at least consider it because why not, right? I mean, he's he's the he's the best player in the game. Go for it. Um, money's not an option, so I would love to hear the Phillies at least was like that mystery team that yeah. got that backdoor uh, meeting and said, "Hey, you know, we'll we'll give you." By the way, what do you think he's gonna? What what, what are we looking at? Five hundred million or more? <sighs> You know, if if he if he hadn't torn his uh, UCL, uh huh, I'd say absolutely. I mean, it's, I think it's going to be over four hundred. Oh, definitely oh, in the. I think it's definitely, definitely over four hundred. I, 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 it's just. I think it's going to be a very Mike Trout got over four hundred. Did he not? Yeah, he did. I think yeah, it's going to be a very. Get five. It's going to be a very creative deal, where, mm-hmm. where they maybe have to. Build in incentive, extra incentives in case he pitches again. I mean, it's it's very possible he d- he doesn't. Right. Um, you know, maybe he just at this point just hangs it up and just as a DH. I don't know, or maybe he takes to the outfield if he's not pitching anymore. Uh, eventually, so right. I, I, yeah, it's 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 that 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 complicates things. I mean, uh, but I you know if if you're a team who can land him, I think you worry about it later. But uh, yeah, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if the Dodgers just shelled out like five five fifty and said it doesn't you know th- we're gonna pay you like you're gonna pitch again so uh, right from the start yeah even if you don't yeah i mean that 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 might be what, what it takes to to get a deal done uh you know but uh 
Yeah, if he could, if gosh, having uh, two positions filled with one roster spot, I mean, that's that's it's worth. That's it. certainly something uh, hard to hard to uh, compare. Yeah, not really going to help their pitching much this next year. Yeah. Because- Kershaw's going under the knife and my God, he's been pitching forever anyway. And, and he won't pitch. So, you know, but Walker, I guess Walker Bueller will be back for them. They That's expect. The, yeah. And Dustin may could come back for them. They expect. So we'll see. Well, we have a whole off season to go, so I'm sure we'll get to talk about this some more. And thanks for putting up with my illness. And, uh, and a few times I lost my voice in the middle of this, but, uh, it's mostly back. So that's good. So we could talk a lot of baseball this off season. I already Definitely. have my spring training book trip booked, and so hopefully, uh, you know, I'm I'm uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm already I'm already eager for for uh, Clearwater in in March. I'm with you. It's not as far. It's not that far away, my friend. It's not that far away. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> All right, Jeff. Good to talk to you. You too. We'll catch up. We'll catch up soon. For now, this has been the Powder Blue Podcast. Frank Close, Jeff Mosher. Catch you soon. <laughs>